0: ACCV family and all the friends that are, that are tuning in, uh, we are so glad to be meeting together as a church. Now, obviously, we're doing it a little differently. Normally, we are doing this together as a group. Now, we're scattered all throughout Philadelphia. So, we'd like to welcome all of you who have just stopped by and you're here for the first time. We want to say, man, we just can't wait to meet you face-to-face and hopefully um, get a chance to come and visit our church and and be a part of our family. Now, um, in Pennsylvania, wherever you're watching, uh, we're in the second week of our quarantine. And if you wouldn't mind on social media, wherever you're watching this, would you put in the comments where you're watching from? I would love to know the town that you're watching from. But in Pennsylvania, we're now in the second week of the quarantine. And so my question is, what are you missing the most? Lisa and I had this discussion the other day. She said, as long as she has Wawa, she's going to be fine. She can get through this. Uh, She loves Wawa coffee. Uh, But we both mentioned how much we're missing our church family. So we're looking forward to get together, but until we're at that point, uh, we're going to do this remotely. So no doubt there are families that are gathered together, and there are little kids, and we're glad the kids are here with us today. But wherever you are, whether you're watching this on your phone uh, somewhere, or you're watching it on Apple TV, let's jump into the scripture that we want to look at today. Today, I want to read Psalm 91. Now, uh, last Sunday, in a little talk that I posted on Facebook, I asked everybody in our community to read the Psalms. Now, I want to read Psalm 91, but I want to show you why I want to read that Psalm. Um, The Psalms are broken up into five books. And the reason scholars believe that the ancient believers did that was they wanted to model the books of the Bible. So what they did is they took the Psalms by themes and they joined them all together according to themes that went with that particular book of the Bible. For instance, if you look on the screen The book one, when you open up your Psalms, go to actually Psalm 1, and you'll see up at the top, book one. Book one uh, refers to Psalms 1 through 42, and it refers to God's blessing. So all the Psalms that refer to God's blessing are put there. Book two is uh, Psalms 42 to 72, and it refers to the book of Exodus. The first book is modeled after the book of Genesis. The second book in the book of the Psalms is modeled after Exodus, and their psalms of deliverance. And so all the deliverance psalms are there. And I'm getting to why we're reading the psalmist today. Book number three is, is Psalms 73 to 89, and it's modeled after the book of Leviticus. And all of the psalms are gathered around the theme of God being our sanctuary. And book four, where we're looking at our psalm today, Psalms 90 to 106, refer back to the book of Numbers, And these are all psalms that have to do with feeling like we're in the wilderness. And Psalm 91, the psalm that we're going to look at, is this wandering type of psalm. It is a promise to us. And so what I want to do is I want to go ahead and read Psalm 91, line by line, and talk about the promise that it has for us. So here it is. Psalm 91, verse 1 says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the word Almighty in Hebrew is the word El Shaddai, the powerful God. And the reason that we can rest in the shadow or in the presence of this all-powerful God is because he's more powerful than everything. He's more powerful than anything that could possibly happen to us. And so it says in verse 2 then, because God is my El Shaddai, is more powerful than anything, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because God is my all-powerful God, bigger than anything in the universe, more powerful than anything in the universe, I will say of him and to him, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, no doubt there are kids that are in the room that are watching this and I have a favor I want you I want to ask of you. When it says that God is my fortress, it is uh, have you ever seen like cartoons or shows where they have like castles where people run to the castles to get protected by the castle? What I want you to do is for the rest of my talk I want you to take a piece of paper and a pencil or a crayon. What I want you to do is I want you to draw a fortress, okay? And in the fortress, up at the top of the fortress, I want you to draw a picture of you, and I want you to draw a picture of Jesus. And at some point today, when you finish that drawing, what I want you to do is ask your parents or your grandparents or whoever you're with this morning, I want you to ask them to snap a photo of that and put that on the CCV Facebook page because I want to see it and then I get an opportunity to comment on it. So anyway, let's go to verse 3. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence, from deadly diseases that may come. El Shaddai, our God, is going to save us from that. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And the writer is like, listen, if God is your refuge and your fortress, it makes no sense to be afraid of danger, pestilence, disease, whatever you come across. It makes no sense whatsoever. Now, uh, I, I said uh, on sun, last Sunday that on March second, I had um, back fusion and. Uh, I had mentioned before that whenever I get treated for something serious, where I have like serious medication like oxycodone, if ever I take it in high doses, my wife always says, I say crazy stuff. And so uh, while I was in the hospital, I had surgery in the morning, had to get there at five in the morning. I was there all day in recovery. And then I went to my room and while I was there, my parents were there and Lisa was there. And then I told them, just go ahead and leave. You don't need to stay with me through the night in these chairs. Well, they went ahead and left, but they made the mistake of leaving my cell phone with me. And so what I did is evidently now, not only do I say crazy things, but I text crazy, crazy things in the middle of the night. Along about one o'clock in the morning, I took my phone and oxycodone makes me like really anxious and scared. And so... I took my cell phone and I texted Lisa. Evidently, I don't remember this, but I texted her, and uh, this is the text that I sent. So you want, me to, you want me to share this with you? Here we go, here we go. Uh, so here's the actual text message that I sent her at one o'clock in the morning on Monday after my surgery. I'm scared, are you scared? My face, I can't feel all tingly, and I keep hot and cold, want you here's, but you left. go home to go home, but I want your lovin' please come to me and hold me. Are you awake? I'm awake for you now. I feel so sick and want you with me. Do you want to be with me right now? B. and then there's like eight V's and a whole bunch of question marks. And then I say, okay, I'm going to sleep now. I love you. Do you love me? And then my last text is, you should probably want to know that my back is hurt. And then I was done. So that that was me, and as convoluted and weird and crazy as that seems, you need to understand that when God is our El Shaddai, when God is our all-powerful God, and we start telling God, I'm so nervous, I'm so scared, like this is, this is, like the world's going to end, you know, I feel so, God looks at us, and that's what it sounds like. He's like, I'm your God. You don't have to be scared. In fact, look what it says. Look at the promises here in verse five. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right side, but it will not come near you. Did you hear that? You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command your ang- his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I love that because it's not promising that everything's going to go perfect. But it is promising that in every single one of those situations, he's going to be with us and he's going to work it out towards a perfect end. This is why Jesus commanded, do not worry. It wasn't like, hey, if you get around to it sometime, if you can sort of get around to not worrying. He's like, don't do it, it's a command. In fact, if you summed up everything that the Bible said about worry, it would be this. Worry is nothing more than losing sight that God is in control. And you know that, right, in your situation right now. Whatever going, is going on right now in your life, you know that. Worry is nothing more than losing sight, that God is in control. He's our should Shaddai. You know what? Right now, everyone feels like they've lost control. But I love what author Barbara Brown Taylor said. She said, we don't lose control of our lives. What we lose is the illusion we were ever in control in the first place. See, that's the thing for a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus isn't in control of his life any more than someone who isn't a believer. But the difference between someone who's not a believer and someone that's a disciple is that for the disciple, their God is in charge. And so I have some, um, some action steps for our church family, okay? First is, moving forward, I want to encourage you to stop allowing the media to cause you to panic, the media is not your God. The president, even, is not your God. One of, the, one of the conversations Lisa and I are constantly having now is, do we watch the news? You know, we watched it in the morning, we watched it in the afternoon, we watched it in the evening, and maybe what you need to do is just go on a news fast and just watch it on your app once every other day. Like, world, will the world end if you do that? I just think that we're stoking a lot of fear by constantly reinforcing our, in our mind negative things. Now, but number two, I want you to ask yourself this. When you're feeling fearful, I want you to ask yourself, is my God bigger than this? You know, and I don't want to make light of this. This isn't some like trite church lesson or something. Like, there are people who have real financial concerns Business leaders, people in the marketplace have real concerns, an uncertain future. The question I want you to ask yourself is, can God handle this? Like, is this out of God's control? And here's the third thing that I want you to do. I want you to memorize Psalm 91 two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Okay, now the last thing that I want you to do is I know that there are small groups of people that are gathered around watching this. I want you, once I'm done talking and once the service is over, I want you as a group to go back and I want you to reread Psalm 91, and then I want you to discuss this question. How will this crisis turn out to be a blessing for us? And I mean that. Well, I want you to ask yourself, how will this crisis turn out to be a blessing for our business? What will it cause us to do as business leaders? How will this be a blessing for our family? How will, the, how will this be a blessing for our country? How will this be a blessing for our future? That when the else should die, when God Almighty is our God, we're able to ask the question, you know what? How can God take this and what's meant for evil and turn it for good? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for watching over us, for your hand guiding us. We are so thankful uh, that we live in a place where um, our leaders are working furiously to to care for all of us. But even if we were in one of the loneliest countries of the world, one with no infrastructure at all, you would still be El Shaddai. And so, God, we just pray that you would help us to see the blessing and what you're doing right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.